it's like Bronx Tale. You know, how much is it going to cost me to get rid of this guy? So I got shot two times in the Bronx. The guy owed me $10. I might have had $30,000 in my pocket. I see the guy. Once again, I bully him. Yo, where my $10? I want my $10. I want my $10. And one day he showed up, and he was so afraid of me. Out of fear, he shot me twice. All right, it's Monday at 11 o'clock. You know what that is? That means the Chaz Palminteri Show every Monday at 11 o'clock. We have new, exciting guests. We have, like, the best in, in music, the best in rap, the best in comedy, great comics we have on this show, uh, actors, singers, songwriters, old-school guys. You know, I like a very eclectic group of people, you know? Uh, to me, it's all about guests. I like to bring the guests on and also my solo things and, and obviously my work with the two girls. Uh, you know, Tara kind of Tracy, incredible uh, funny comic and uh, Catherine Narducci, a great actor. So don't forget my restaurants. My two restaurants, 264 Main Street in White Plains and 30 West 46th Street in Manhattan. I never say my Italian restaurants are the best in the world. I say, if you want to say the top five in New York, absolutely. Because there's a lot of great restaurants in New York City. But mine are in the top five. I can tell you that right now. And uh, the one-man show. you got to come and see the one-man show. The show that started it all before the movie, before the musical. It's the show, come on, guys, that made me famous. You know the whole story. I turned down over a million dollars, and finally I decided Robert De Niro came to see it, and hey, as they say, the rest is history. If you want to see it, so so John, where am I going to be next, John? Next one's going to be December 1st. That's in Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse. The Ridgefield Playhouse, I go there at least probably, uh, three or four times a year. There's only a few tickets left, folks, but try to get in. It's You'll, you'll love it. Where else? Next one's going to be January 5th. That's in Naples, Florida at the Artiste Naples Performing Arts Center. Ah, Naples, Florida. Where's that? Artiste? Artiste, yes. Okay. And? After that, we got January 7th. That is at the Steinmetz Hall in Orlando, Florida. And we, oh, for Orlando. Okay. Orlando, Florida? Orlando, Florida. I'll be in Florida here that month of January. Where else? And then the next one's on my birthday. That's January 21st in Huntington, New York, where I grew up at the Paramount Theater. The Paramount Theater, my favorite. I got a big surprise about the Paramount Theater. I won't say it yet, but a big surprise is coming up. So please, try to come to the Paramount Theater. That is a legendary place if you're in New York. Florida, you know where I'll be. Richfield Playhouse, love that place. All right, so tonight, tonight. What am I saying tonight? Today, 11 o'clock, Monday. I got somebody on this show that I've been trying to get for two years, folks. Two years. And it's not his fault. It's not my fault. He's so damn busy. I'm so damn busy. But finally, we connected. You know, they say the word legend, but this guy truly is a legend. I know everybody throws that word around. Uh, he was there at the very beginning of a lot of great things. And he is, he is a brother, man. He's from the Bronx. Just like I am, and let me tell and he's from the fifth floor. He lived on the fifth floor in the Bronx, just like me. I lived on the fifth floor. 
with Bronx guys. He is truly an incredible artist, hip hop, known all over the world, big records, multi-platinum records. Here he is, folks. He is a legend. Fat Joe. Joe, how are you, man? Thank you so much, my brother. How well, are you? I wasn't avoiding you, and I knew I had to come here. It was like an <laughs> offer you can't refuse, and we look up to you so much. When I speak of me, I speak in, in as a whole community, the whole Bronx. We look up to you in like a different way. You're like one of our biggest, most notable heroes ever to live in the Bronx. So I definitely was coming here, and I'm glad we finally got it right. Yeah. And uh, out of all days, is on Halloween. It's on Halloween. That's crazy. That's right. It's fucking Halloween today. Joe, yeah. there's so many questions I got to ask you. Like, you're from, obviously, you're a Bronx guy, born in 1970. Man, I was, I'm from the Bronx, the Bronx, the Bronx. You're from the Bronx. Yeah, man. And, and you know, I know every block in the Bronx, every right. everybody, every hot dog vendor in the Bronx, right. every cab driver, every... I actually got to stay away from the Bronx because right. every time... I can't walk down two blocks without knowing somebody went to school with my sister, right. went to school with me, exactly. knows my cousins. Those knows your my, cousins. And I got to talk to them. Otherwise, you know, I got famous and I changed on them. So it's like, it's hard walking <laughs> around the Bronx. It's the same way when I go into the Bronx. The same thing in my neighborhood. Dominic's Little Italy. And, yeah, shout and out to G Dominic's. Gino's man. Pastry. You know, and, and, and City Island. Was oh, y'all doing City Island back in the day too? City Island. Yeah, Pop's Tony's Pier. all the way in the back. All the way in the back. Yeah. That's right. Now, I got to start. There's so many questions I got to ask. Okay. You're born in 1970. You're this young kid. When did you have these aspirations? You know, I want to, I just don't want to grow up and get a job. I want to be somebody. How, how did this happen? Wow. I mean, first of all, I fell in love with hip hop. Right. And hip hop was born in the Bronx. And it was just brought, it was born right in my hood. So, right. like, I watched. Uh, Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, they're from my community. Um, all the big boys, all the Shy Rock, the first female MC, Ruby D, the first Latino MC. I mean, the list goes on. Everybody, it was like the mecca of hip hop walking right outside my door. And so, uh, also following my big brother, who uh, he was into hip hop and he was older than me, he would bring me back like cassette tapes of. of parties and stuff because i was too little i was five years old five years five, old six years old so it was like <laughs> he would bring me back to tapes and i would just study the tapes i would listen and i would hear what's going on but like what and he was like right now he would stop yeah. and be like that's when grandmaster flash told everybody back up from the ropes and I, and you know and so i felt like i was there right wow so you would say grandmaster flash was one of the pioneers Beyond. He's, Beyond. He's, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Pioneers. It's him. Uh, it's Cool Herc. Yeah. Uh, cool Herc is known for throwing the first hip-hop party ever. Uh, Africa, Bambada, and Zulu Nation. Those are the three founding fathers wow. uh, from day one of, uh, of hip-hop. Okay, so now you fell in love with hip-hop. You started mm -hmm. growing up. You're still... Mm -hmm. I like to get to the very, very beginning. All of a sudden... There was something different in my DNA. Right. Right, because nobody before me was really rich or majorly successful in my family. Right. Right. And, you know, my father's from Cuba. He was an immigrant from Cuba, hardworking. Right. Always had two jobs, was a baker, a carpenter. My mother worked three jobs, Puerto Rican, but, you know, she grew up in, in, in the Bronx. Right. And so 
you know, I just remember this story I tell people is I was 12 years old looking out and the Bronx looked like it was a war zone. And I remember telling my friend Louie, I was like, yo, I'm not going to be broke. Like, I don't know. This broke thing ain't for me. And, and he didn't understand because we didn't know rich people. And how old like, were you? <laughs> I was 12 years old. Holy shit. Yeah. Is this the same story? Exactly. My, same thing happened to you? Holy shit. On oh, my mother and father, this is scary. Yeah. My friend, Sally Slick, uh -huh. we were in the hallway and, and it was winter. And we were looking out and, and, and I said, man, I, I, there's got to be more than this. I got to do something. And he was like, well, I don't know. It's pretty cool here. you know." And yeah. I was like, I got to do but it's the same thing. So you were like destined. Yeah. You, you felt something, right? That's how right? winners are. And then, and then you go through so many trials <clears throat> and tribulations to get to where you are. Right. You know, and um, now as I'm older, I feel like, you know, uh, God gives you different roadblocks so you can become appreciative of what right. you got. Right. And so while it's, while you're going through it, you like, why me? Yo, why, why I got to go through it? Right. But then you eventually start realizing like yo you better appreciate what you got now okay i'm just trying to get to i want mm -hmm. i want people to know wait look where i mean me and joe came from look where i came from mm -hmm. it's not impossible to follow your dream and really make mm -hmm. something so when did you feel like okay i'm on my way here i got a little success man I'm, i never forget well i went to showtime at the apollo and i won four weeks in a row and one day I try to go back. This is a true story. I try to go back in my mind and think about how did I win the Apollo Theater in Harlem? And I can't even explain it. From the second I stepped on stage, they just started screaming and going crazy. I can't even remember the words I was rapping. They just went crazy. They well, just like fell in love with me from the minute I walked out. They were just going crazy. And, and then uh, I remember I put out my first single, Flojo, and I had my first show shout out to sal abatello that i know you know him and his i know father. sally yes you know and he told me stories about you guys growing up the golden elephant all that yes and so sal had my first show at the fever in the bronx and i remember i was so nervous i was i was at my my projects and everybody was waiting and was going to go i didn't know if it was going to be one person there so i sent somebody over there to check and he came back this 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 is before, you know, social media. Right. He was like, yo, there's lines around two blocks. It's crazy. They got the lines around two blocks. And so when I pulled up, everybody I ever known was like, yo, 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 yo. And here I am walking in this club where two months before I would walk in as just a regular guy right, from the right. Bronx. And now I'm like a star to the South Bronx. And it was, it was, it, that's when I knew. So that's when your oh, first we got moment. Something. Oh, we got something. Yeah. And then in the more national, uh, I went to LA for my first promo tour. Right. And um, Arsenio Hall, they invited me, Stretch Armstrong, the DJ. And Arsenio Hall, so I went in the audience. Like it was the biggest thing in the world. Right. So I'm sitting in the audience and then out of nowhere, Arsenio Hall is like, Yo, we got my main man, the hottest guy out of New York, Fat Joe. I was like, what? <laughs> and then he had me perform on Arsenio Hall. He was like, yo, pass me the mic. They played right. music. I just lost my mind. And I, 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 I abandoned the whole promo tour, everything. I flew back to the Bronx uh, the next day. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I made it. It was like I made it. It was an wow. I made it moment. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, see, I always like to, that's why I'm glad you're saying these things, because I don't like to, you know, you do a lot of shows, and they just say, well, and we'll get to all that, but I'd like to know the who you are, the, the person mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel in your heart, I'm sure other people feel, do uh, you feel you changed at all since you made it? Yeah. I, I really think I changed as far as uh, when I first was, so you young, you become... Like you know, I put out records number one in the in in the world. You had a yes, you had yeah, a bunch yeah, of number them. Yes. ones though, yes. right? And no, no, this this is weird, right? It's number ones, and then I was the number one guy in the world. I'm young, I'm 26, 27, I'm rich. You know, we flying private, we doing everything right. you could do to spend all your money, right? Right. And and so, um, I know at that point I had to change on people. It just I can't look at it now because I'm older now and I'm wiser, but at that time, I must have really thought my shit don't stink. Like, I must have been walking around well, you like... you were young. Yeah, I was young. You were young. And then and, and coming from nothing for the Apache, the Bronx, to being rich and being number one in America, you know, I definitely changed. Now, as far as nowadays, I've really changed because I've really re- matured as a grown man and I like to inspire the youth. I like to be a yeah, beacon of hope. Great. You know, I open businesses in, in, in the South Bronx and Harlem and Washington Heights. You know, we have a classroom in, in uh, inside our store in the Bronx where we teach after school programs. That's really great. Teach man. the kids the computers and we often give back. So yeah, I changed like that in the way that I, I always want people to affiliate my name with He's from the Bronx. He never left, and he's always giving cool. back to the Bronx. I feel the same way, man. Yeah. And you're married. Yeah. You have three children. Yeah. And it's, it's good to be, you want to be a, an example of a good father to your children, because that's everything. Oh, I think I definitely accomplished that. I so, think so, too, from so, what I read about <laughs> Yeah, you. yeah. You know, me growing up, you know, I had a, you know, I still love my father. I take care of my mother and father to this day, Right. right? But my father was really, really tough. Right. You know, he was really, really uh, uh, borderline too tough. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so like today. House. Like oh, today, they'd be, be arrested. Jail, today. Be in jail. They'd be in jail. Right. He'd right. be a five, right. ten time felon. Right. Right. Like, they'd be walking him nah. out with handcuffs today. To this day. To this like, day. Right. To this day, I go to my mother's house. Like I take care of these people. Like I'm the, I'm the only one. I take care of these people, and they still curse me. He, well, him, not my mother. <laughs> He curses me out to my day. To this day, I ain't shit. I ain't this. I ain't that. I'm looking at oh, him I'm like, God. this guy know I've been paying his bills for 20 years straight. Like, yeah. like it's, and, and uh, But it's nice that you do that. He was right. really, really tough. And so I had to leave the house when I was 14. 14? So, yeah, 14. I was in the street. And then, um, and so now, you know, like my kids, I think I, I, I hit my son once because I, I had a show in Vegas and Rich is calling me, who coaches all the t- all the kids in the hood. He's like, "Yo, your father, your, your son threw throwing a pool party in your house. I got jury, all type of stuff. Nobody's there. I'm out in Vegas. He threw a, a party, right? You know, five hundred kids oh, in there. Jesus. So, oh my God, man, I came back so early from. I can't even believe I was on the way. I might have got back there like six in the morning." Yeah, I had to whip his ass, you know, yeah. but that's the only one. My my daughter, 
she's like Little House on the Prairie. Right. right. And then, you know, and my oldest son, uh, Joey, he's autistic. So, you know, he's like the Don of the family. Right. And so he knows, he looks at them and he sits back and he laughs at them and he sits like, look at my little sister, she's big and all that. So, right, 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 you know, right. I'm, I'm I'm very blessed. My son lives up here in the, in this neighborhood too. My son, Ryan, right. he has a business up in this neighborhood, him and his girlfriend. So, uh uh, I'm proud of these guys, and I and I'm proud of me being the father. I'm not perfect, but hopefully, I, yeah, who I, is? I did a good example. You know, because you know, it's 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 hard when you're trying to be a good influence and trying to be a role model to your kids and right. all that to be perfect. Yes, you know, it's hard. But that's you know, that's great that you see. I, I believe in that too. You got to give back, and I want people always say that about me because I I go back to the neighborhood a lot. I go back there. I go to all the stores. I still shop there. I eat at all the restaurants, all of them. Because if I eat at one restaurant, then oh, they go, mad. fuck him. What's oh, man, they mad. So, I, can't I went in a that. restaurant. I went in Roberto's. Right. I was walking in Roberto's, and the owner, Dominic's, pulled up on me in the oh. car. I was like, Joe, it's me. I was like, oh. Well, hey. You know, you, you know, try you, to spread the love out there. You try to spread the you love, know what right, I mean? right, right. You try to show them more love, but... uh. But yeah, I'm 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 constantly, you know, in the Bronx and 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 supporting the businesses, supporting right. the people, um, and you know, I just love the Bronx and and me too. and I just hope, you know, they allow me, God allows me to get wealthier to a point of where I could do some really really re right. remarkable I things out that. there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you feel about about this, Joe? Since we both come from similar neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You know how it is. You're getting famous. You're getting rich. See, I was older. You were younger, so it was harder for you. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it till I was like 38. So I was a little wow. older, so I, my head was all, all right. In my 20s, if I would have made mm -hmm. it, uh, I'd be Forget it. I'd be living with two hookers in Paris somewhere. Who the <laughs> fuck? Are? I don't know where I'd be right now. You know what I mean? But how do you, we, we talked about? I talked about it. With, you know, with, with your manager, Dillier. Say you again, Dillier. Didier, yeah, it's my publicist. Didier. Okay. And we talked about it. It's like, and even when I talked about it with Rich, sometimes mm. you want to take some of your boys with you. Mm. But you can't. Because I don't, I don't know about you, but I tried to do it in the very beginning. And all they ended up doing after a while was resenting you. Because they were jealous. And meanwhile, I'm helping them, paying them to be with me. And you end up, you it you know what I mean? You end up they 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 do something stupid and it's a bad reflection on you. And after a while you just like we'd like to be in the Bronx, but some of it you gotta leave behind. How do you feel about that? I mean you hit it on it. I feel like I ain't really got nothing to say. But, uh, <laughs> right. You know, you get survivor's guilt. Cause you know, yes, you know, the the mothers used to feed you when you was in the in exactly. the Bronx and everything. Right. And so I like to look out for people as long as it ain't abuse, right? And right. so, like, if somebody's mother died, I'm, I might have paid for 100 funerals in the Bronx. Wow. No lie. No exaggeration. If somebody dies or their mother die, I'm the first guy they call, and they're like, yo, you know, Senora Nancy, she died. Senora Nancy, this. And I go by the funeral home, and I drop off the bag, and I just keep it moving. And so, um, you know... But I try to take a hundred guys with me, cause you know I was I was twenty something. I made like ten million, Jeez. right? A hundred. So, so I had a hundred guys. I had 
20, 30 guys in the same Cadillac riding back to back. You know, we we did all that. And then all I all I realized is these guys was like fucking up my career. Like, yes. you know, because they don't share the same goals as you. Right. And they're not looking at where you want to go. And the only thing they know is they down with Fat Joe and they trying to get with every girl in the world. Or right. if somebody fucks with Fat Joe, we're going to beat up the whole place. So I actually used to bring guys and they wind up beating up my fans all the right. time. Right, right. To the point of where I couldn't bring them no more. Right. And then I have one famous story and I'll tell it to your audience. Uh, one day I'm in uh, the Ritz-Carlton or the Four Seasons in, in Puerto Rico. Mm. We flew in two private planes and... We there, all the guys are downstairs at the bar ordering Cristal, whatever they want, right? And I'm in the room, and for some reason, I was just staring at the ceiling, and it was like God was talking to me. And he, and I said, you know what? And so I called everybody together. It was like 45 of us. Very famous story in my life. 45 guys? No, no, it was like 45 of us. Jesus and, Christ. But we did that for 15 years straight. This ain't something that we did for a week. Like, I fed... 30, 45 guys staking lobster and champagne for 15 years straight. Like, you wouldn't see Fat Joe without 40, 50 guys, right? And so one day I said to them, I said, listen, man, I got bad news. And it wasn't even true. I said, I ain't got it no more. You know, I don't have money like that. It's short, this and this and that. And out of the 45 guys, only five guys said, I'm with you even if you broke. I do it. And those are the guys you see with me to this day. The other 40 guys uh, got themselves eliminated. You know, they were they were talking like, yo, this is our money. I'm like, you don't write this songs. You don't, this is our money. This is us. Yo, how could you do this? This is, this is, this is. And, it, it, you know, I don't know. Maybe you know even better than me. Did you, have you ever come across like delusional people? Are like, you kidding? No, no, but I mean, like people who tell themselves something that if it just wasn't for isn't me, true. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have wrote that. How about that one? How about that one, brother? <laughs> if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have the material that he has. He got that shit from me. Wow. Same thing. Some of them broke your heart, huh? Yes. You know what this, a guy said to me once? When I really fucking hit it big and I was starring in all the movies, you know, I'm, I'm making fucking millions of dollars. And he was jealous, and he was like, really? And he, and he, he bad-mouthed me to a publicist, and I, and I saw him. I said, I said, why would you do that? What the fuck's the matter with you? I said, didn't you wish me success? He goes, yeah, I always wished you success, but not that much. Damn. But not that no, much? No, no, got, I got a friend who always tells this story. He says, they want you to be successful, they just don't want you to live next door. Yes. That's one of my friend's... Uh, and that's on another level of success. That's, that's that's the guys who are already successful, who are mad that you you coming up. Right. You're gonna live next door. That's a different kind of conversation. The conversation I'm having is people who uh, wish you bad, man. And and I've never like been jealous of nobody. So, right. We, I don't know if they know, but this is in your house, right? Right. I'm so happy when I pulled up to your house that is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. And the driveway. And I, d these type of things inspire me. You know, I don't right. get jealous. Not at this all. This way I'm like, wow, Chaz, man, right. he did it from the Bronx. Like, and so I go to Diddy's house and he got this big ass house in Miami. Right. That's inspiration. I say, yo, I come from the same place. 
I could get it. I never understood the jealousy. And why would you be jealous of your so-called friends? Right. See, but you see, you're not jealous because inside of you, you, you say, I'm happy for him because I have maybe, look, my, my, the guys, I, my best, some of my close friends are huge stars, you know, De Niro mm. and, and they have mega houses. Mm -hmm. And I go, fucking great. You know, but I look you at it, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Because I know who I am, and I'm happy with where I have. I'm very happy. Well, questions, question for you in the Bronx, because I used to talk to Sal all the time. Yeah, you know I'm like a Bronx historian. Yes, like please. So, I you love know the it old too. man. They had an old man. Uh, he got ill last time I tried to go see him. He, he his job was at the the courthouse in one six one. Right, and um, he knows everything about the Bronx. Like he knows that. Did you know that the Grand Concourse was made by the same people in France who did the Champs d'Elysées? I heard of that, yes. No, the whole Grand yes. Concourse was made yes. by the Champs d'Elysées. When it, we fly to Paris to yeah. see the Grand Concourse, right. so he would tell me all these stories, right. and, but now he's ill. Uh, who did you grow up that became to be megastars out of the Bronx? The only other person that mm. I grew up with, but he was 10 years older than me, mm -hmm. was Dion. From Dion and the Belmonts, the singer. Okay, and what about what about um so Joe Pesci never came from the Bronx? He Joe wasn't really Joe wasn't I don't know if Joe was born in Bronx, but again, Joe Pesci used to be a waiter at Amici's in the Bronx. That was people claim him, or they, yes, or they no, just no, want to no. claim him. Like he, they say he's from the Bronx. He's from the Bronx. Well, yeah, I would say that, but yes. I would say, but he's not known from being from the Who Bronx. Who would you see in the Bronx? Would, would you see these guys? Like uh, I, don't, I don't remember. When I was really young, like I said, Joe's older than me. Those guys are 10 years older than me. But um, I remember Joe from, he used to be a waiter in Amici's, and he sang with Frank Vincent, who was the other guy. They would they had a, like a duo. Yeah, you know, he used to be in the Bronx, by the way. I don't know if you, you know. know. But, the Bronx but, was a destination spot. And, and Al Pacino was in the Bronx for a little while. He was from the Bronx. There was Al some Pacino. Really, you know, Pacino was from there. And Bob you know, I was, was so there. surprised. I, I was having dinner and I looked at the other table and Al Pacino was there. And uh, a friend of ours introduced us. And I was surprised that Pacino was like shorter. Yeah, I was like, like in the movies, yeah. they, they must shoot him like he's a giant. Right. Yeah. Well, what happens is you, you don't have guys that are too tall with him. You try to cast. And, and Al is not like, He's not short, short. He's not like 5'4". Al's about 5'8", maybe, which is not too bad, which is okay. Yeah, but you know, with us, you know, we... we, we Okay, so we idolize, you know, Al Pacino. We idolize you. So how do you feel, right? There's this... Uh, the, I'm not trying to take over your podcast. No, no, I, I don't I like at, that. I'm, I like I'm pretty you, good at this shit. I like talking. Listen, go, babe, go. No, because in hip-hop, we have a, a, a question... You could use it as a cliche or you could use it as any interview you do, you always ask an artist, who's his top five rappers? You're in the top five movies of all time, Bronx Tale. That's so this is, this, this is, and I do this all the time. I yeah. get in the car with a driver. Right. I get in the car with an Uber driver. I get in conversations right. with people and, and they're not from the Bronx, right. but they always say uh, Godfather. Right. They always say, Goodfellas. Absolutely. They always say, a Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale, yeah. And then uh, it, there's two more. Donnie Brasco, maybe. Donnie Brasco. Donnie, Donnie Brasco's Brasco. a big one for people. Yeah, big one. Wasn't big on me, Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Wasn't big on me, but 
It was it, it was a bit and casino and casino right and those are the five yeah you know what's you're right Joe you know what's amazing and I now I know it's because it's been years when Bronx Tale took off people would call me and say hey man could I use Bronx Tale in my in my video and I would go the first time I said well okay and I did it and then I let another guy. And I realized that I had a huge following in the oh, man, Hispanic and big, black community. Yeah, that was a big thing for us. It I was, mean, it was a I sense of pride. Out. It was a sense of pride. And then you had Collagido. Yes. Um, and his 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 girl and his girl, yeah. Black and Italian, and then see if she opens the door. Yes. And you know that was. I mean, that, my name's Collagido. You know that. I didn't know that. My I, I swear, little, I thought you was Chaz. My, no, Bumter, I was born collateral. I'm the little boy in Bronx Tale. When I wrote Bronx Tale, you know, a lot of people don't even know. I, when I wrote Bronx Tale, that's why uh, I'm, when I when you see the one-man show, one of these days you got to come and I see gotta it. i got to come. A Bronx Tale is about me and my, me growing up. My father was a bus driver. Oh, I didn't know. Yes. My dad was a bus driver. I was dating this black girl uh, when I was like 18, 17 years old. and. Wow. In 1968. Now, 1968. Now, how Mark, you cast De Niro? Yeah. How you cast all these people, all these Well, actually, people? no, I wouldn't sell the rights to it unless I played Sonny and I, and I would write the screenplay because it was my life. I had $200 in the bank. They offered me 250000 I said no. Three weeks later, 500000 I said no. Two weeks later... One million dollars again. I said no. Finally, I was doing the show, sold out every night, standing ovation. I did the show, walk off stage, and the stage manager says, "You better go downstairs." Robert De Niro was waiting for you in your dressing wow. room. I walk in the dressing room, and there's Bob De Niro, and he says, "Hey, man," he said, "What?" He said, "You did a movie on stage by yourself." I said, "Well, thanks, Bob." He said, "Listen," he said, "I'm telling you right now." He said, "You'd be great." as Sonny, and you should write it because it'll be your life. He said, I'll play your father and I'll direct it. And if you shake my hand, that's the way it'll be. And I shook his hand. That's it. And that's how the movie got He still made. buys, he still buys all his co-cuts for all his movies in, uh, in Arthur Avenue. Yes, Mike Snelly. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike yeah. Snelly. That's yo, right. Mike's Deli. Yo, Mike's my man, man. I got, yeah. I, I take, yeah. when I go there, he fl fl Dave, floods yeah. me with Matsumelo. He floods up. me with the, with, with yeah. the, with the sources. But yeah. what, what do you think? You being from the early Italiana, you know, yes. my brother Eminem just pulled out a new sauce. It's called uh, 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 Mom's Spaghetti. Really? He sent it to my house, I swear to God. He has a sauce. I have a sauce available. too. Available. It's I called Mom's Spaghetti. Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, man, he's, you know, people in the very beginning when he came out, he, like he was one of the first white rappers, I think. No, he's the best. But then when you hear him, I go, no, well, he's the best. now I... No, no, no. That's the reason why. No, he's phenomenal. You can't like, you can't stop him. When you're that no, great. No, no, you can't stop. He's when too you're great. that great. He's too great. He's too great. He's too great. He's yeah, too like great. I, I got to, I don't know him well, but I met uh, uh, Dre, you know, mm. and, and and I got him, through, I got I got to know him a little bit through Jimmy IV. And I met with him a bunch of times. And uh, he would tell me when, when he first heard him rap, mm. it was like, I know. what the fuck? No, he's an alien. Yeah, it was like an alien. He's, you know? he's, he's I mean, amazing. A... You know, um, I named the song called Bronx Tale on my second album, and I did it with my idol KRS One from the Bronx. Yeah. And we called it a Bronx Tale. And it was just it was just that real hip hop wow. hardcore. But for me to perform with my idol, the guy I looked up to, you know, and years later I I I uh 
when I listen to that song, I'm really impressed that I was so young, so early in the game. Like I'm I'm light years better than I am than I was then. Yes, right. But I'm like, damn, man, you you know, you stood your ground, Joe. You right, right, right. you went with your idol and you and you went for right. yours right. on there. And uh and I think that's uh that's a real Bronx testament. Right. Uh, when we see uh J-Lo, how far she's come. Or, yes. Or Cardi B. And now we got the young girl, Ice Spice. It's like, that's a Bronx. You know, I did. You said you was at Yankee Stadium. Right? But you seen I let it all out. I, I went topless, baby. Now, you know I went topless, Chaz. The whole world was in Yankee Stadium, the 50th anniversary. I went topless, baby. You did. I had to take them to Joey from the neighborhood, baby. They got to see that ass whether they wanted to or not. And I'm up in there. And let me tell you something. My daughter. I just told you, my daughter's Little House of the Prairie. Private school, she don't know nothing about little house the, the streets, the Bronx. She don't know nothing, right? And But she was in the suite there, and then some people had asked her, because I had the jacket on with no shirt on them. And they had asked her, some of our friends had asked her, yo, you think she said, one million percent my dad's taking that jacket off before I took it off. Really? She said one million percent he's taking it. I didn't even know I was taking it off. Wow. And I just took it off, man. I let the fat flow. You know what I'm saying? I had right. to give it to him Bronx style. Yeah, but you took the it off of and God. then you continued to rap. I mean, you oh. took it off and then just, you performed. But they loved it, we, though. I was there. We were screaming. No, no. It was, it was, it yeah. was just like, yo, Joey's from the Bronx. So right. my thing was, it was Hip Hop 50. It was the whole world was there. The whole world. Like, the next day I checked out all the news outlets and they were interviewing people from Oklahoma, Texas, San Francisco, like the whole world. Right. People from China, from all over was there. Everybody was dressed up like Run DMC. And so I knew they was in the Bronx and I wanted my little 15, 20 minutes of fame up there to make you know you in the Bronx. Wow. So you coming from all over, right? but for those... 20 minutes, you recognize, oh, shit, we're in the Bronx. We're in the Bronx. And that then, was the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the Bronx, and he going to show you what the Bronx is. Right. Like, the, you know, from the breakdancers to bringing out KRS-One, my idol, to yeah. bring there, We took it there, so when you was like, oh, shit. I mean, breakdancing started in the Bronx. Hip-hop started in the Bronx. Yes. Breakdancing started in the Bronx. Uh Graffiti, I don't know if I could say it started in the Bronx. That I, I think know, that yeah. came back from the pyramids and all that. Right. But um, hip-hop culture, you know, the Bronx has influenced the whole world time and time and time and time again. Time again. Now, who do you think, and I always like to ask mm -hmm. questions like this, and again, I'm not a connoisseur, but, mm -hmm. I, but I'm an artist and I do listen to, uh, to rap. Mm -hmm. who, is, who do you think, like your top all-time greatest rappers? Oof. I mean, I I like Biggie. I thought Biggie was great. I think Biggie's the best. I like Biggie. I thought I thought he obviously he didn't do a lot of albums, but when you listen to it, Biggie's I the best. And I, I I thought Tupac was very prolific. He's one of the best. And and uh, obviously Eminem. Eminem's yeah, one of the best. One of the best. Yeah. Um, I'll add some some yeah. some names to that. Uh, Rakim, right? Uh, Jay Z, Nas. Yeah. Um. That that I, I would add that to that list. Little Wayne after. Um and and Fat Joe, my idols are heavy D, rest in peace. And that's where I got the confidence as a as as a big boy to, you know, 
dress fly, you know, make sense right, right, for right, the young right, ladies. Right. Um, and LL Cool J. LL Cool well, God, yeah. You know, he's 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 a major, major, major uh yeah, all major, these guys. He's great a guys. major influence in hip hop, and KRS One from the Bronx. So I'm like a gumbo of them three. You know, I'm a gumbo. A gumbo. I, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a gumbo. I, I I studied all of them. Uh, and who's your top five well, actors of all time? Actors? Yeah. Oh well, I, I would say obviously uh, Bob De Niro, uh, obviously uh, Marlon Brando. Ooh. Uh, I would say Brando is Brando is is absolutely. Woo! I would say Brando, uh, Robert De Niro, my top five actors of all time. I would have absolutely put Pacino in there. Those three. Uh, I would put... I, I, I love uh, Peter O'Toole. I would have to mm. put him there. And I would probably ha put... Uh, probably James Dean. James Dean. You're three going all the yeah, way back. Three movies, three classics. You know, James... I mean, those... I'm a member of the actor's studio, and they come from the actor's studio. So I you're, might be a little, little biased. biased well, have. you know, yeah. uh, my father right now, yeah. this very second, if he would answer FaceTime, yeah. he's watching Western movies right now. John this Wayne. This very second. John Wayne he loves. Nah, he, don't, he, he loves all the other ones, man. Yeah. You know, he's like a hater. Like, we're from the Bronx, <laughs> and my father loved the Mets. Like, how could you be from the Bronx what? five minutes from Yankee Stadium right. and be a Mets fan? He's a hater. He's a self-proclaimed hater, <laughs> so he wouldn't like John Wayne. He would like all these other, you know, he'd be talking to me about Harold Flynn and this yeah. one and that. You know, he got the guys that, you know, he, he, you know, he, he likes the other guys in the Western films. And, right. and he would tell he watches it day and night. He'd be like, yeah. this guy got a hundred movies. This guy got 80 movies. He's a this hater. guy, he knows everything. Yeah, he's a hater for sure. So he likes contrary to everybody else. Everything you say, he's gonna go against. He's it. gonna go against it. For, for, he's he's Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my father's a Cuban, a diehard Cuban. He's gonna go against he even if he likes it, he'll go against but, it. was he born in Cuba? Yes. So he left when uh the whole Batista. Artista, and so yeah. my father came over here, and then I got a bunch of stepbrothers and sisters that were over there. Right. And then uh, when the Marielle happened, right. the Marielle, my mother and father whipped up some money together, and they bought a rinky-dink boat. So he went back to Cuba to get my brothers and sisters. Shit. They gave him two sisters, Mercy and Lourdes, and they flooded the little boat with 30 other Cubans we didn't know. And so when he was almost by the Florida Keys, the boat sank. And the Coast Guard saved them. And the next thing I know, the next week, I had 30 Cubans in my in my house in the Bronx. They, they, my father didn't even know them. It was Cheche Colet, Julio Ecojo, all a, these guys. This is a there. movie. No, That's no, this movie. is too much. And they, right. they all in my house, and I'm going to school, stepping on Cubans, and, and, and <laughs> you know, and they taught me a lot of bad things, street right, stuff. Right, they were right. the first to teach me. You know how to do certain things, right, right, right. And uh, but yeah, that's that's you know we we die. You know he's a diehard Cuban man, and we eventually got all my brothers and sisters over here. Now, how Cuba. many? So how many brothers and sisters you have? Wow, he he had personally over there. He had uh, nine brothers and sisters over there before me. I'm like the so-called baby, and then my mother had three kids. My sister and my two brothers before me with another husband, right? And so I'm, you know, I got a bunch of 
Now you got a lot of mouths to feed, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, they're feeding themselves. Everybody's, <laughs> yeah. everybody's feeding themselves, but I am the most... Uh, right. Responsible. Exactly. And so, like, with, with, with my schedule, with being working so much and being famous if my father gets sick i stop everything i'm the guy sitting right next to him in the bed nice if my mother gets sick i'm the guy sitting right, right. next to her so i'm in the hospital so you're with like, them yeah yeah i'm yeah. the one you're the one yeah, yeah, yeah like i'm, I'm the, the one. one yeah you're, you're the, the one, one right like i'm the one yeah. i got a brother he's sick he's in the house in the uh, yeah. hospital in the bronx now and uh, they cut off his leg for diabetes, oh. right? So I went in there. I didn't like how the hospital was looking. Right. I had to make the calls and be like, yo, you know, my brother can't be in this You got to make the calls, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's, it's a lot of pressure when you talk about right. being the leader of the family. And yes. I realize a lot of people, like Remy, my sister, she's from the Bronx too. Uh, and she's got that same, if her mother gets sick and... In North Carolina, right. she got to go out there. Right. She got to, I don't know. They. I, I just think that something happens. Right. They say, right. it's that guy. He got to answer. Guy. Call Joe. Call Joe. It's yo, call Joe, call Joe. My grandmother, right. when she was sick, may she rest in peace, I sat in the hospital with her for three months straight. And all I did was ask her questions about Puerto Rico in the past and how she got here, how wow. she met my grandfather, how she did. Yeah. But um, I would be there with her, yeah. and I'm I'm just like that type of guy, you you're know. When it comes man, to Joe. my to my, thank God. No, seriously, you're good. You're a good man. You got you know, a good, you got a good heart. Man. Yeah, we got. You know, I'm all about family at the end of the day. Yeah. But once again, I don't let nobody abuse me. No. You know, I got one uncle. He got me for three uh, freight for the trucks. I never seen the hot dogs. You know, I'm like, bro. Like this is it. what you got a new bright idea? What is it? Yeah, the hot dog truck. I gave you for two hot dog trucks. I drove around the hospital because you said you was gonna be outside right. the hospital. Never seen a hot dog truck. Are you sure you want me to give you money for another hot yeah, dog yeah, truck? Yeah. I agree. You know, and, and you know, these are the type of things. You know, we laugh at it, but these are the type of. You things. You know what I say? I say to people, I, I I'm not gonna lend you money. I can't lend you money. If you want, you know, it's like it's like Bronx Tale. You know, mm -hmm. how much is it going to cost me to get rid of this guy? That was beautiful. You know what I mean? So for guys, that says, taught me a lot. It did. Really? So, so I got shot two times in the Bronx, right? Same, the, the not same, same time. Same time. Two times. The guy owed me ten dollars. Same Bronx Tale story. Now I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, you know, I was a hustler in the Bronx. You know, yeah. you know, you know, I was a drug dealer. Yes. Right? Okay. I might have had $30,000 in my pocket. I see the guy. Once again, I bully him. Yo, with my $10? I want my $10. I want my $10. And that was pretty tough in the neighborhood. Yeah. And one day he showed up looking demented. And he was so afraid of me because he thought I was going to hurt him over the $10, which really wasn't shit. I couldn't right. even buy a hero and a soda with it. Right? Right. And he, he wound up out of fear, he shot me twice. And so I learned that lesson from Bronx Tale when you said, hey, you got rid of him for $12. It was the realest story I ever seen. And so there's a, there, there's a couple of stories. You know, every movie I take uh, something from a movie, I'm a real movie buff. Right. And so every movie I take lessons from the movie, right. whether it's a whacked out movie, whether it's a good one, whether it's right. about life, I, I always learn a lesson from the movie. I tell you one thing, I'll give you one and you give me one. Go ahead. If we could change a movie, 
right? If we could change it more. Because sometimes you watch movies. I watch I watched a documentary on John Gotti, right? Right. Well, I watched two of them recently, right? The one his son put out, which is amazing. Right. And the one the feds put out, there's getting Gotti on, right. on, yes. on thing. Now, I love the whole story till I know he's about to go down. I'm seeing him there, and, they, and the guy tells him, he says, hey, you know what the guy tells him? The fed grabs him, and he's been after him forever. And he sits Gotti in the car, and Gotti says, man, you've been after me forever. I'll be home in the morning. He said, well, I would watch what I say in Mrs. Such-and-Such house on the second floor. Gotti was done. He knew he was done. He, he, that, I want to turn the dial wow. right there. Wow. Yeah, right? Because I remember that. Yeah. They, they bugging the, the, the club for years, but they can't get Gotti's voice. they like, I don't understand. This guy doesn't yeah. talk. Talk, is he a deaf? He's a this or that? They didn't know he was going upstairs to the lady's house all those years. Right, all those years. To talk. So he was up there talking freely as you could, because he'd been talking up there for years. For years. And never got caught. Yeah. So they bugged that house, and the guy tells him, he said, so all the time they say, no matter how many times they arrested him, no matter what they threw at him, he was arrogant, yes. cocky. He knew he was going to win. Because he didn't talk in the but club. He, said, he told him, he said, yo, I would watch what I say in the lady's house on the second floor. He said, Gotti's whole face just like melted at that point. He knew, oh shit. They got me. They got me. It's over. What do you want me to do? But I wish I could change the movie. Right? Right. And so like my my movie, I wish I could always change and I get sick every time I watch it. It's Sonny getting killed in the Godfather. What would have happened if Sonny lived? Sonny at the at, at the toll booth when right, they killed right, him. Right, he was right. the high head. He yeah. was the tough son, man. Yeah, he I was. wish they could rewrite that, man. Well, you see, but the idea was the Godfather's not supposed to be, you got to be tough, but you got to be like smart. Brains. Sonny oh, was, yeah, that's what Sonny Marlin... was just too fucking wild. Sonny would say, fuck it, everybody's paying. They're all going to pay. Remember yeah. he tells Tom yeah. Hagen, yeah, yeah. it's not your father. It's not your father. It's my blood. Fuck them, they all die. Where Al was more, no, no, it's, Al was more, it's not, you know, it's not Let's personal. think this one out. Business. But you know, this guy says to me, right, I tell a story on my, on my Instagram the other day. Yeah. I have a guy who's probably top five of my friends in the world. His name is Nori, right? Nori is a rapper from Queens, but he's a superstar legend, right? right? And so we always go to dinner, me and his wife, me and his uh, family, right. his kids grow up in my house, my kids grow We're brothers, right? So he's from Queens, but me and him are tight. And there's this thing about Queens in the Bronx because KRS-One this Queens when, you know, big, right. big rap battle beef, but all in love. So in Yankee Stadium, in the 50th anniversary, I bring out KRS-One and we do the bridges over, right? But I had just kissed the people who he's dissing on the record. This is a 40-year-old record. Right. I just kissed Roxanne Shantae on the cheek, who he was talking about. I had MC Shan in, in my dressing room for two hours, the guy he's dissing. Everybody he dissed on the record, I was just hanging out with them. It was just hip-hop, right? Right. So we perform it on stage. I don't think none of it. You know, the place goes crazy. Right. You know, he does the Bridges Over Karras, one right, in the Bronx. Right, right, right. It's nuts. Right, it's almost Frank Sinatra exactly. in the Bronx. Like, this is like too much, right? So, Nori, we go to Nas's 50th birthday. Rob De Niro was there. And uh, and so I'm in there with a bunch of Queens dudes. Mind you, my wife is from Queens. 
30 years. Right. You know, I love these guys. These are my friends. I grew right. up with them. So in the middle of the night, Nori tells me, yo, go over there. He points at Slick Rick, the ruler, who's a Bronx legend. He goes, <laughs> go over there with the Bronx. Queens is over here. You, you with the Bronx guy. This is one of my best top five friends in the world, right? And so when he said this to me, I looked at him, right? Because a, a million guys from Queens could have told me that. Why did Nobody you say told that? me that. He told me this. I text Rich immediately. I say, it was Balzini all along. <laughs> it's Balzini all along. Like, you know, when, when, when the Godfather dies, he tells Michael, yeah. whoever comes to broker the deal, broker the peace. Wow. They got to go. They setting you up. It was Balzini. Balzini all along. Yeah, it was so Nori or... hates me. I texted him. It's Balzini all <laughs> along. It was Balzini all yeah. along. Nori, my best friend, he's telling me go to the Bronx side. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. We made we made so much fun about it, but you know you gotta watch it. You, you gotta know, watch it, man. these are things I learned from movies. Now I know you had a legendary beef with uh, Fifty Cent. Yes, 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 yes. But I hear that's all okay. All now. the way uh, over, swept under the rug. You know he's right. a he's a tough guy. He's a Queens guy. Queens guy. He's right. a tough guy. You know when 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 I had a problem with him, he j had just sold thirty million records. He was like a god. He was the biggest guy right. in hip hop and. And here go Joey from the Bronx fighting toe-to-toe -to -toe with this guy, going right. blow for blow. Right. You know, uh, and I'm, I'm glad it's over. Good. The hip-hop community is glad it's over. This is one beef that could have went really, really bad. Right. But it turned out so good, and we're friends and brothers. And, and so the youth can learn and say, hey, we can have a misunderstanding. We don't got to take it to the violence because we, we saw what happened with Biggie and Tupac. Yeah. You know, so sometimes, you know, Stuff like this is another form of telling the youth, the rappers coming behind right. us, like, yo, Joe and 50, they was, it was ugly. Like, it was, right. it was a real ugly thing. Now, do you, think, do you think, Joe, that a real rapper mm -hmm. has to grow up in the hood to be a real rapper? I wouldn't say that 2023. Right. Because, you know, there's so many different forms of hip-hop, so many different... Yeah, that's a very good but point. But when we first came out, I yes. I think that's a good point. You know, and it's it's unfair to rappers that are successful. It's kids. Because rappers that are successful have a following that follow them and say, man, we know Joey. You know, the other day I put out a sneaker. It sold in five minutes globally. Right. I almost cried watching the pictures of lines outside all the stores. I was staring at everybody who was purchasing it and why. I was like, why this girl wants the Terror Squad? Why this guy? Why did, they, they, you know, I you know, I got pictures of all the stores where there was lines, but it's like, the, the truth is they was like, oh no, this is Joey from the block. This is Joey from, from the hood. And he never left us and we know how he grew up and we seen his flaws and we see his triumphs and we here to support. Wow. And we're going to support Joey. And so overall, that's how they know me. They know me from nothing. They know me from nothing to where I'm at. So now you get a kid of a celebrity, of a of of a hip-hop star. Right. And they grew up in... Listening uh, to you and... The little House on the Prairie, though. Got it. And yeah. so the hood is like, nah, you grew up rich. We don't want to hear your story. You grew up rich. Right. So it's very unfortunate for, like, artists who have talented kids 
who want to become artists because the people in the streets are like, nah, they didn't grow up like they dad. They dad, you know, 50 Cent got shot nine times. You know, Snoop Doggy Dog beat a murder case. I mean, this is not stuff that should be glorified. Right, but this right, was the right, stuff right. that they, this was the credentials that you needed to be considered authentic and real back in the days. And now I think a lot less. I think I think now it's all right. It's all right to grow up, you know, middle class. It's all right to grow up with a mother and father and make hip hop music. Okay, that's yeah, fair. I, I think, think that, I think twenty twenty three. But I think it was brilliant what you said, and I and I mean that word truly brilliant because when rap and all this stuff first came out, they had nothing to draw from. So you had to draw from real life experience. It all came from real life experience, and I go back to uh, Melly Mel and Grandmaster Flash with the song "The Message." Right. Right. But how, what did you feel like when you heard like hip hop coming? You heard it coming. I love it. See, I was always into. Well, I, again, I come from even early. I come from R and B, the Four Ooh. Tops. You know, to me, that that's music, the real deal. To me, all right. Now, ask me what my mother's doing right now in the other room. She's listening to the Four Tops and the Temptations. And the Temptations on the move on on yeah. the TV. To me, that right was right now. If I FaceTime my mother, she's listening to all the. Right. You know the. Every now and then I hear a song from back in the days and, and, and my mom was listening to the real deal, the right. real love you songs. Yes. So I heard a song the other day. I was like, damn, my mother would, I know she loves right. this record. So you was on that. Yes. I was like, you know, like you said, my girl, the temptations, the stylistics, you know, all that. I, I was very heavy in, in, into black music, very heavy into black music. And then and then hip hop came. And hip hop came. So it went from that and went to disco. Right. And then disco turned into Bee Gees Mania. Yes. So the Bee Gees had it on a choke no, hole. That was, These yeah. guys was like Drake times no, that 10. That was 10. The B times B 10. Bee Gees was Drake times 10. Yes. So they was like, the new, and the new song, and the new song, and the, yeah. the whole radio was just. BG's playlist. Saturday Night Fever was so big. Everyone was did just. Did you know John Travolta before that? Or did you just. I didn't know John So then. you saw him like us. I, uh, I ended up knowing John really well now. Yeah, but on the screen. I didn't know him You then. saw him like us. Like yes. You just saw Saturday no Night Fever and you was like, yo. Yes. Yes. This guy with these blue eyes, huh? Yes, yes, exactly. And then he's walking down the street. I mean, that, like, was, oh! that, that was us, you know? That nah, was nah. us. <laughs> that was us, man. He walking on the street, boy. That boy, John Travolta, had the yeah, game. I remember the, the nightclub. That was 2001. Back then, you know, pastels. Did, Did you go to Studio 54 and all Oh, that? yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was like... That was like the first one. Then, I, then I, I was the doorman at the limelight. Wow! In 1982, I remember the so limelight. So that was crazy, man. They it took the church and made the it church. A, yes. For what? Peter Gation. Peter Gation. That's correct. That's correct. And it was like people walking in there with green hair and yellow, pink hair and transgender. But you never had a problem. Then there was gay night on Monday. Nobody ever had a fucking problem with anything. Now it's crazy, but back then. It was great, man. Everybody loved each other. It was fucking great. It was, it was great them, in them days. It was great in those days, Joe. Yeah, It was man. fucking great in those days. I got to... Let me tell you something. There's this fucking comic. Mm -hmm. She... Uh, I'm going to bring her up here. Tara... No, no. Come on up here. She's got... She's from the Bronx. Okay. She's like a fucking... Bring a chair over here. Can I get a... Give her, yeah. Come here over here. I know you had some questions because she's like... She goes... 
Fat oh, Joe's no, gonna no. be there. I gotta fucking come. I emailed you all my questions. I wanted yeah. you to ask yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit over here. No, I want, <laughs> no. no, bring that over here if you can. Go ahead. No. God, I want you to. You want to ask him? I you're mean, from you, the Bronx. You, you touched up on everything. I know, but I would say just. But you're legit. You're legit. Come a little closer. Dear. I didn't take my Invisalign out for this. Go ahead. I. Uh, this is one of the funniest. Funniest girls from, the, I'm not saying girls, no. funniest comics. Thank you. They get very nervous when you say female comics. No, you can't it's do gotta that. It's got to be comics. Yeah. Go ahead, ask him a question, whatever you Liz, want. first of all, coming from the Bronx, just watching this whole interview right now, it, blew, it just, you are everything that we want the Bronx to be. You yes. are articulate, <laughs> you are funny, you are classy, you are real. You are, I mean, hip-hop is not just a genre of music. It's mm. a culture. Mm-hmm. And you are like you are one of the biggest names responsible for a culture. Do you feel the weight of that? Like, obviously, in all your philanthropy work, you do. But do you? I just try to move like, um, like I said, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. That's why everybody begs me to be a politician. I'll be like, you know how many skeletons that come out <laughs> of my Are you closet? kidding? Are you nuts? Are you I'm kidding? kidding? <laughs> It'd be so horrible for me. Not right. But um, but I try my best to uh, inspire the people and letting them know that everything is possible. And so, you know, and, you know, it's very important for me that uh, the people feel like I'm accessible, you know, and and that's very hard when it comes to right. artists or actors and all that because we always like that mystique and stay away, yeah. you know, but I like people to feel like if I go to Fat Joe's store, his nephew could put him on the FaceTime. You know, we, we, we could talk to him. And, and so um, that's it. I just feel like I was so blessed growing up in the Bronx. Right. Um, that I just can't forget those people. And I was a bad guy, too, in the Bronx. And so the fact that they didn't kill me or tell on me for me to go to jail forever is like I got like a an, an oath to them to show up every time something goes wrong, I'm there for them. It's almost like, and I always say this, the suffering and the trials and tribulations that I had growing up the Bronx, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for that. Oh, yeah, we got everybody beat, you right. know, because street smart. First of all, the Bronx has always, not just now, has always been the melting pot of New York City. So all the immigrants, they come there, they become American, they figure this system out, and then they spread out everywhere else. And so it's the one place you could go where... Jews and Muslims are working side by side with each other and everybody's getting along and everybody's loving each other. And so it's the melting pot of New York City. And um, I don't know if we get enough credit for that. I think that's I I think you're right about that. Would you say the Bronx? We talked about it before. Would you say like I say all the time when you tell people you're from the Bronx, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are in the world, people know where you're from. You know, I felt like, and rest in peace, I felt like Anthony Bourdain did a, did a bad job when he came to you the Bronx. You know what? I felt the same way. I felt Agreed. like he didn't, and 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 I love that show, I and love I love show. Anthony yeah. Bourdain. And I couldn't wait to watch it when I heard the Bronx. Yeah, and I agree I with you. I just didn't feel like mm-hmm. us. Like I, I didn't feel like 100%. the Bronx. Like right. he could have really didn't. Mm-hmm. The Bronx. He did. He definitely wasn't told by the right people. Where to go in the Bronx? Mm-hmm. He did a sanitized version of the Bronx. If you yeah, know I mean, and, and it's terrible because I loved this show so much, and right. everything he said was like law to me. Mm-hmm. If he was like Brazil, right? And when I was thinking that right. was it, that was it. But when they came to the Bronx, I was like, "Yo, that's not the Bronx. Like that. That's not. 
you know, he didn't capture the Bronx in in, in its entirety and 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 the amazing the amazingness of the Bronx. I agree yeah. with you, man. About Most that. people think the Bronx; they think very negative. Is your show when you do stand up? You talk about the Bronx a lot, right? Yeah, I talk about the Bronx a lot. I talk about. You talk negative, Bronx. or you talk no about positive. I mean, I joke about you the joke negative. about like when I say how I'm hard still... is it for you to go to the bodega as a female in the Bronx without. <laughs> 36,000. It's almost you need a football team. You got to run. <laughs> I always say, walk I know, behind linebackers. I know I'm blessed from the Bronx. And I know that because they tell me, right? It's like, God bless you, Ma. God bless you. You know, all the time. You <laughs> She's know? like, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. blessed. Yeah, they tell <laughs> these guys, huh? <laughs> wow. But I love it. I mean, so what's next for you, Joe? What, what, what do you got coming up? What do you? What, what could, what, how could your fans, uh, anything I have a, you want to talk about that your fans could see you on? I have a show. Uh, TV show coming up with Stars, Stars Network, where uh, LeBron and Diddy are my co-executive producers, and it's just like it's a talk show, but done very differently. So like, if my show was off and running, I'd I'd be filming you filming me, and then me and you would chop it up and talk. And if I go to All Star Weekend, they would capture me with Michael Jordan talking behind the scenes. Wow, you know, it's almost like. It's a is is a traveling Fat Joe talk show. <laughs> it's it's the craziest thing in the world. That but great, we, we get a lot of magic moments. Like you say, a day in the life of Charles Palmentary, and you go to Manhattan to go to the restaurant. Right. You might look across the table and it's Tommy Matola. Yo, Tommy, what's up? But you can't tell nobody what it's going. Right. But if you caught the camera right there, right. And you're like, Yo, Tommy. And Tommy starts like, Yo, Judge, yeah. I ain't see you. I since told the Tommy you were here. You I said, were here tonight, my brother. Tommy? Yeah, I love Tommy. I told I told him you were Tommy, here. Tommy, <laughs> I was supposed to go to dinner with him last week in Capagnolas. At Capagnolas. Capagnolas, yeah. You know, Tommy's my brother, man. Uh, but that's what it is, man. And so we're doing that. Then we're doing the uh, series based on my book, The Book of Jose. Right. Very Bronx. And uh, Did Kenya, that start filming yet? Kenya Barris is writing it. Oh, it's being written. Right, okay. so he's writing it. So we we gonna do that and the Terrero brothers, wow. and um, just you know, a bunch of business, a bunch of Tommy. investments. Tommy, yeah, I'm gonna get him on the phone right now. He's on. You gotta put him on speaker. Yeah, I'm gonna well, put him on speaker. speaker yet. I want to make sure I touch some. Nah, I'm gonna get Tommy right now and say, "All right, I've been trying to get Tommy on the show now for like weeks." He's terrible. Terrible. He's terrible. Terrible. I should. I, all right. Tommy, don't come. He's five minutes away from here. What is he? He's know? ten minutes from here. Ten minutes from here. Tommy, you know who I'm talking to right now? You're on the air, Tommy. You know who I'm talking to, Tommy? I'm talking to. Wrong number, bro. No, no, I'm talking to Fat Joe. Joe, tell say hello to Tommy. Yo, Tommy. Yo, I'm up here doing um, Chaz's uh, well, Kalogidu's uh, podcast. Yeah, well, we waiting on you now. We're waiting on you, Tommy. You 10 minutes away. I know where you live. No, I know. I'm on my way into the city, unfortunately. All right. I would we'll come over in two seconds. And you know we love you. You know he greeted me with, with some oil, some pink salt, and some of the finest Italian bread. You, 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 know, you know how we do. Yeah, I, listen, I'm at, a, I'm at a, God bless, I'm right. at a funeral with Tommy. Right. A dear friend of ours passed away, right? Right. And they were giving, you know, they were giving food. You know, this, right, this right. My, you know, it was 
to the highest of standards by anybody's means. Somehow Tommy snuck up in the kitchen, pulled out the mozzarella, <laughs> the, the, the fresh peppers, the this. He turned it into Sunday dinner at the Italians. Yeah, it. And then I said, yo, Tommy, where you found this? He's like, come on, Joe, stick with me. <laughs> all right. That's right, Arthur Avenue. You know that. That's I right, Arthur Avenue. All right, Tommy, listen, you're going to do the show in the next couple of weeks, all right, bro? I'll come and do it. I'll come and do it. All right, you we love you, Tommy. Joe, I know, I know, I cap Nolas, but I was busy that day. No, I know, I know. We'll do it again. We'll all right, again. love you, my uh, brother. Let's do this together. We'll have fun. All, all right, right. all right. You know, like right after Thanksgiving. I'll do it. I'll come back up here. All right, Tommy. See you later, brother. All right. Bye, 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 bye. Love you. Yeah, he's, he's the fucking best. I want to know who. Go ahead. Let me hear. I want to know who on earth has a theme hit record song. When I'm in the club and it comes out of nowhere, Tommy Mottola. Did he put a gun to them girls' heads to sing that? Yo, I never heard of a guy who has his own theme song. That was 1967. We used to hear that song in the fucking club. And it was like... You hear it now in the club. Let me tell you about Tommy Mottola. And I say this, people don't realize it. Tommy Mottola was the biggest, most powerful fucking man in record business for 20 years. Yes, he was. For 20 years. That son of a bitch was soaking 30 million a year away. Yeah, that yeah. motherfucker. For 20 <laughs> years. Okay? So yeah, Tommy's no, Tommy the biggest, was, man. was the biggest. And so, unfortunately, I became friends with him after he be, oh. he, you know, when he retired. Otherwise, yeah. I'd have got some of them checks with him. But yeah, yeah, uh, his wife is beautiful. beautiful yeah, uh, Talia. Talia is such a beautiful person. I collaborated and did songs with her. Right. And not only that, she is literally, all jokes aside, the sweetest person right? I've met in this industry. And very talented. Very, very talented. Oh. Huge following. She's the only person my grandmother wanted to meet. Really? So I did a song with her because she was originally like, think uh, All My Children, General Hospital. Right. She was the number one soap opera novella in Mexico in Spanish. She was the one. She was the Susan Lucci of, right, right, right. of you know, the right. novella, Spanish right. novella. So when I was doing the song with her, my grandmother told me, can I meet Dalia? And she came to the video. We shot it in the Bronx, and she met Thalia, my grandmother. Like, she couldn't believe it. it couldn't believe that it was this girl, she watches every night on wow, TV. Wow, wow, Yeah, it was amazing. Well, Joe, it's... You got any more questions? I want to know what his favorite Fat Joe song is. My what favorite? What the song you'd say you're proudest of. I wouldn't say proudest, but um, my favorite song I ever did, which is, you know, is, is called Definition of a Dawn. And so it was like, Remy's like, they want to know why they call you Joey Crack. You a hustler. Hey, you get your run. Yo, <laughs> I, when I hear that, I feel tough. When I hear that. I got a couple of songs that uh, I really, really like, but I don't really listen to Fat Joe. I don't know how weird is it. It's, Do you watch your movies no, all no, the time? never. Like, I never, never listen to my never. music. And I never understood, like, you know, it's like that Mary J. Blige. You know, she's one of my wife's yes. best friends. She hates it when she goes somewhere and they start playing Mary J. Blige yes, songs. Yes. So you don't want to hear, I mean, we love it. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that we made right. it, but we don't want to be like, you don't want to be sitting in a restaurant it, it feels and they weird. keep playing all the yeah, fat I Joe. Know. Do you go to Moderanos? Moderanos. Are you kidding me? Stevie Moderano, I go there all the time. Stevie's the best, huh? The best. My best, brother, yo, cuz. 
Yo, what's happening? Yo, cuz. Big shout out to Stevie out there. That's Stevie right. Stevie is my favorite chef in the world. Do you know what? I say the same thing. When you I land, it. I always tell him, it's a famous, I always said, as soon as the plane fucking lands, I get out and I go, Moderanos. Got to. I tell the fucking driver, Moderanos. Got to. Yo, Stevie, uh, uh, when it was the little spot, Fort Lauderdale, right. and he expanded it, right. I knocked down the wall with the hammer. I had the the the, the really? hat. Yeah, right. he got it in his book where I broke down the wall. For wow. Steve is a uh, a big big friend, but yeah. most of all, he never lets me down because you know I'm Fat Joe, so we talk about food wherever we go. <laughs> and so when people who know food start talking about Italian restaurants, right. I'll be like, go to Fort Lauderdale and exactly. go to Matarano. Go to Matarano's. Once they go to Matarano, every single time they say, Nah, this guy, he's the yeah. best. Now. I got to be honest, I own two Italian restaurants. I own two great Italian restaurants, one in Manhattan, Chas Palmateurs, one in White Plains, Chas Palmateurs. When I go down there, when I go to Miami, I go to Monterano's, sometimes his food makes me feel like my grandmother made it. It's so, like weird, man. So good. It's like weird. It's While like, you're waiting, he throws you a little cheese steak. He throws a little Philly. this, a little cheese little steak. A little, little fresh yeah. peppers. I, 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 I take my mother there one day for her birthday. Yeah. And I got my father, and I tell you my father's... Father hates everything. He's, he's, he's a tough guy, <laughs> right? So Steve goes and throws some, some beans out there. Like, I think the pasta fajola, just the pasta beans. Pasta fajola, yeah. But, you know, everything he does is tasty. Then he throws out some... He threw out, like, three or four things that were, like, right. stuff that, that that poor people eat. Right. Like, it was poor... But that's the great. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But but tasty. But he's right. throwing out these appetizers that are, like... And my father's like, yo, man, this is poor people food. You're going to take your mother to this joint? I said, listen, dad... The, the, the lobster franchise is coming. Right. The lobster's yeah, coming. Right, right. The shrimps are coming. The, I mean, he's like, yo, this is poor people food, man. How you going to take me to some shit he's like a, this? He's, he's a no, my father's something else, man. But he wind up loving it to death. My mother, too, she tells me all the time, take me to Matarano's, my wow. aunts. Yeah, shout well, out Stevie. We got to meet Stevie's one day. We'll, we'll have dinner there. All right? Yes, sir. Any, so now we're going to wrap up right now. Joe, yeah. it's been a fucking Thank pleasure. you for having me. No, thank you. And It's uh, Halloween. I got to give all the kids in the house these candies now. Absolutely. You know? And anything that you, anything else that you wanted to let no, our, no, our, our guys know? Hey, yo, man, we love you guys. We love you. Thank you. So most of all, I want you to know I came up here for you. We're huge fans. And when I speak, I speak behind the whole Bronx. Well, thank Fat you. Fat Joe comes here as, remember the gangs of New York, the yes. Five Corners? Yes. I'm one of those guys, and I'm telling you, the Bronx is beyond proud of you. We love you and everything you do, and we're supporting forever. Thank you so much. God bless you. Love you, brother. God bless you, man. All right. All right. We'll see you next week, folks. All right. Come on. Tell us about the fifth floor, bro. Well, I'm from the fifth floor. Okay. You're from the fifth floor. The rapper Noriega, Living Legends, Fifth Floor, and Jay-Z's Fifth Floor. Shit. I mean, all the greatness comes from the Fifth Floor, From the man. Fifth Floor. Got to walk up and down those steps. You got to do it. And I remember uh, just, I remember when the elevator was broken in my building and just right. watching the whole building walk up the stairs. I was standing there in the staircase and just watch everybody walk up the stairs. Right. It was hilarious. But my, my Fifth Floor, you know, Maybe who I am. Me too, man. 
We didn't even have an elevator in my building. So, oh, so we, you was always walking the fifth floor. But how about when somebody, when, like, when your parents said you got to go down, they forgot something at the store. Ooh. It was like you and your sisters, we would say, you go, I go. No, I'm not going. And they, we, they, they used to come to your building selling the newspaper, like that's paper. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pay. And what about this truck used to come with the milk? The milk truck. The milk truck. That's like the milkman, you know? That's the milkman. They used to say I, I was the milkman's son because my That's father's right. this short, my mother's this short, and I'm this tall. I'm 12 right. years old crossing the street with these people. I'm taller than both of them. They'd be like, yo, that's the milkman's son. But that's a really good point about the fifth floor. Because I didn't know that Jay-Z was from the fifth floor, That's too. right. That's Holy right. Shit, legends man. are from the fifth. Fifth floor where legends are made of. <laughs> 